Contrary to popular belief, we actually do get work done around here. Just letting you know, we just had a lot of fun with that. So uh, um, today, uh, I'm not going to speak long because uh, today is just a, an introduction for a year-long theme. Those of you all that have never been here before, we um, do a year-long theme. I've been doing this since 2018, and this year, our theme is focus. And focus means elimination. It means eliminating the... Uh, lesser important things that compete for our time, our attention, our passion, and focusing on what is of most importance and giving all of our attention, energy, resources to those things. Um, like I said, the main thing today is that ineffective people and churches give their attention to many things, but effective people and churches focus on a few things and do them with excellence. So, uh, like I said, the secret to focus is elimination. There are all things in all of our lives that we need to eliminate, and you know exactly what they are. They are things that take from you, don't give back. The things that steal your joy and do not replace that joy. They are things that take your time and your effort that, that uh, basically net no results for you. They are wastes of time, they are wastes of energy, and they could, that, that time and energy that could be spent uh, doing much more important, godly kingdom things. And everybody has things they need to eliminate, and so as a person, we need to do that, and as a church, we need to do that as well. Um, there are a lot of things competing for our attention, a lot of needs, a lot of great needs, a lot of great things that are competing for our time and, and attention and, and focus and everything like that. And so we have to decide what is of utmost importance and go after it, and that's what we're going to be doing this year, be focusing on a few things and doing them with excellence. Um, uh, the, the first, uh, the, the, if you have been around here at Catalyst for any length of time, then you know that, that uh, the elders several years ago went away and we said, what do we want our people to be? Uh, it, there's, there's always this, this uh, emphasis on bringing people into the church, which is exactly what we want to do. We want to grow. We want to bring people into God's kingdom, yes. But what kind of people are coming out of our church? What, what kind of people, if they're here for 10 years, what kind of people do we want to be producing? And we went away and we found out there were two things that we want from our people. That, that if, there are, if there are things that, uh, that, that uh, will be produced in the lives of people, there are two things. Two things that we want you to be, one, one thing we want you to be, one thing we want you to do. Okay, the first thing is we want you to be a person who makes disciples. Because that's the call of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19-20, Jesus said this, Therefore we're going to make, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We are commanded by Jesus to make disciples. That is plain and simple, meaning that a Christian is a person who refuses to be the last to hear the gospel. I refuse, as a Christian, to be the last person to hear the gospel. Someone's going to hear it from me. And if that is the same, if you are a Christian, you refuse to be the last person to hear the gospel. Somebody's, somebody's going to hear it from you, okay? We make disciples. That is, that is the, the first thing we, we want our people to be. We're going to focus on making disciples because that is what Jesus told us to do. The second thing is we want, some, we want the people here. We, that's what we want them to do, make disciples. And the second thing is what we want you to be. We want you to be a person that exhibits the fruit of the Spirit more and more. Now you say, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Apostle Paul in the book, in the book of Galatians identified nine things 
that would be on, that would grow on, on the life of a believer, like fruit grows on a tree. Okay, how do you know an apple tree is an apple tree? By the apples, right? Uh, an apple tree that produces pears, guess what it is? It's a pear tree. I don't care what the label says. If it produces pears, it's a pear tree. If it produces apples, it's an apple tree. In the same way, if you're a Christian, you will be producing these nine things, and they are these, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the things that will mark the life of a believer in Christ. So what do we want from people here at Catalyst? Say, well, uh, if I go to church, what will they expect from me? Two things. We expect you to make disciples. Two, we expect you to exhibit fruit of the Spirit more and more. You say, that's it, that's it. Because if a person can pull off those two things, you're doing really well. We need to eliminate and focus on the important things. Those are the things we want from the people here at Catalyst. Can you imagine a church that is committed to making disciples and exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit? What kind of church would that be? Well, that is exactly what we want here. So that is what we are focusing on. All right, so, they're in the, so that's, that's for the people. Now, as a church, there are four things we're going to focus on in 2023. We've, we've eliminated and eliminated and eliminated because there's some great things that, that are vying for our attention that we simply can't do with excellence. So these are the four things we're going to be working on. This is what you can expect here at Catalyst Christian Church in 2023. These are the things we're going to do with excellence. All right, first one is this. We're going to engage our people in two time slots. Um, I, I, when I, I used to be part of the Nicholsville Rotary, um, and uh, our chapter apparently was not doing real well. We weren't getting it done. So the higher-ups, the whoop-de-doos, higher-ups came in and decided to set us straight, the, the district manager or whatever, and we were sitting on the board, and, and the guy came in and said, all right, Nicholsville chapter, you guys are not getting it done, whatever that meant. They didn't define what getting it done meant. But uh, so there is a teleconference you need to go to in Nashville. There is the national thing you need to go to. There's this. There's, and they, they listed off like 10 things that we were supposed to do to get our chapter up to speed. And I, and I, and I said, um, uh, I can't do that. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm a dad. I work full time. I'm a soccer coach. Uh, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm doing well to make it to, to, to the lunches on Monday. Okay. So if this is what it takes, I'm out. And a friend of mine said, eh, he'll come in and say this stuff, and then he'll leave, and we'll never see him again. Let's do our own thing. All right, but as I walked back from that meeting, I began asking myself, is that what people in church feel like? Okay, you got Sunday morning, you got community group, you got uh, uh, Bible study, you've got mission trip, you've got uh, children's ministry, you've got uh, youth trip, you've got, you know, all these things. You're like, well, I can't do that, so I'm out. Well, what I realized was that we are primarily uh, uh, a, a church uh, that we have, have retirees, we love our retirees, but most of us are still working age, and, and, and we're, we've got jobs, we've, a lot of us are raising kids, we have very lot, a lot of time, uh, demands on our time, and so that's, that's just a reality. So what we as leadership decided to do is that we were going to take two time slots, we found out that people in general will give us two time slots, the third engagement went way down, but people would give us two time slots. So I said, if this is where our people are engaging, what do we want, what, what do we want them to do? What, what two time slots? And we decided this, that we expect our people to be here on Sunday morning, and we expect people to be in a community group, okay? Two time slots. That's what we want from you. We want you here. If you're, if you're not sick, you're not traveling, we expect you here on Sunday morning, because that's what you do when you're part of a church. You're here. Um, I've been part of soccer teams before. I, uh, I, I, I never considered a regular member of the team somebody showed up once a month, okay? 
Um, you're, if, if you're part of the team, you're there. And so uh, when, when, we are, uh, when we're together, we expect you to be here, if you're, if, unless you're sick or traveling, and then you, we expect you to be online. We offer online. There's no excuse for ever missing church, ever, unless you're just lazy. So, uh, um, so that, that's the first. We want people to engage in time slots. Now, our community groups, we have a goal, church-wide goal, of having 75% of our people in community groups. We know we'll never hit 100 but, but we'll, we want 75. And so if you are not in a community group, we're going to be starting those in about two weeks. And uh, uh, we always need new leaders and everything. Come see me. Come see JK um, about that, being in a community group, leading a community group. We're all, we want to talk with you. But we want you to be engaged in a community group, okay? That is, uh, uh, and we'll, you'll hear more about that. But those are our two time slots. So we, in 2023, we want to fully engage our people in those two time slots. And we'll make those as excellent as we can. The second thing that we want to do is we want to do what's called make Catalyst sticky. Sticky. Okay? Uh, what we found out about five years ago in 2018, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there, was that we were excellent at getting people in the front door. We were great, man. We, tons of people were coming in the front door. But just as many were going out the back door. We were not engaging and keeping people. So it was like a, a revolving door of new people coming in all the time. We were getting all kinds of new people, but we weren't growing. And so we basically said we love, we don't want to stop people coming in the front door, but we have to figure out how to keep people here. How do we keep people engaged? How do we keep people from leaving? And what we found was that great preaching, which you're not going to get here, uh, <laughs> great music, which you probably will get here, uh, or children's ministry or whatever, will get people in the door, but it won't keep people. What, the only thing that will keep people in a church is this, friendships. That's the only thing. If you do not make friends at your church, you will be gone within two years. That's what all the research showed, and that's what we found too. And so we decided that our community groups, and, and the, one of the reasons we're doing this right here, we want friendships to develop lifelong friendships. That's the glue that keeps the church together for decades. Because for discipleship to happen, you have to be here for decades. You, discipleship can't happen in six months when you're hopping from church to church to church to church. You have to commit to a church family, commit to friends, develop a community, and that's how you grow in Christ. Well, without the relationships, we, we were just sending people out. No discipleship was happening. So we are making Catalyst sticky. We want to engage people in friendship, emphasizing friendship so that when you're together, yeah, the sermon may not be great, but you're here with your family. That's why you're here. Uh, my grandmother and my granddad were part of the same church for more than 56 years in Louisville. They had a slew of pastors that came through there. The Methodist church changed every two or three years. They weren't there for the pastor. They were, they were there because they had a tight community of people, of friends. And, uh, and they, they were part of the same church for more than five years decades. That's exactly what we want here. So we want to make Catalyst sticky. The third thing that we're going to emphasize, that, that's, the, that, that's not new. You guys have heard that before. But these next two are the things that we're focusing on that we're really going to, to emphasize this year. Third one is this, is that taking marriage ministry to the next level. Um, I truly believe that one of the largest needs right now in America is for help with marriage. Uh, marriages are not doing well. Marriage is being destroyed by uh, social media. It's being downplayed. It's being uh, degraded. It's being uh, uh, told it's unnecessary. There are fewer marriages now in America than any other time in its history. 
And um, so we believe in the church that that is a huge opportunity for us to reach people, to, to help homes and everything. We've been doing uh, marriage conferences uh, for a couple of years, uh, once a quarter, and those have been fantastic. But we're taking it to the next level. Um, these are some things that we're going to start offering this year. Um, one is we're going to offer marriage crisis counseling here at Catalyst. If you're a marriage in crisis or you know someone who is, send them here because we've got tools and we've got things that can help. Okay. Second thing, if you are engaged to be married, you're dating, and you want to take the next step, we will help you, we'll mentor you. We want to be involved in that process, making sure you're marrying the right person, that you're being the right person, so that we can set you up for success. Third thing, just marriage training, um, uh, that, that, that we have our, our quarterly trainings. The fourth thing is that we're going to actually do a marriage retreat. We're going to take couples from this church, going to do a marriage retreat to emphasize it. See, we're taking it to the next level. We want strong, solid marriages because that's a great way uh, to, to, to reach this world. Right, so uh, expect a lot. Hearing a lot about that now. Shameless plug: I do have a, a book on marriage that's coming out in about two weeks. It'll be it'll be ready. Um, I will not be selling it here. I don't believe in that. Um, you will never see a bookstore. You'll never. You, that, that's not what we do here. Um, but it does have some some things that that I would like to, uh, to. If you want to see that, you can talk to me personally. I believe it's good material, and I will be starting a men's group that will be meeting starting in February. We'll be meeting on Monday mornings. We'll be meeting at Mottos, and we'll be going through chapter by chapter by chapter, so that uh, can, can help some husbands and potential um, potential men uh, potential. Uh, fiancés and everything like that uh, go through this material. It's, the book is called Eight Things I Wish I Knew Before I Said I Do, and there are things that I learned the hard way. Hopefully, you'll learn them the easy way. All right, so uh, that, that will be available to the men as well. The fourth thing is this, winning the lost. Um, I truly believe that it is time for the church to re-engage in reaching the lost. I want you to show, I want to show you guys this, this graph. This came out two days ago by Barna Research. Look at this, uh, this graphic right here. Weekly church attendance by generation. Okay, we've got baby boomers, we've got Gen Xers, and millennials. And the biggest miracle in this chart is the fact that my generation, Gen X, actually got mentioned. Okay, we're, 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 we're never mentioned. Like, they don't even think we exist, okay? If you guys look at the, at, um, from 2019 to 2020, church attendance went up, and we saw that. 2020, 2018 and 2019 were, to, were two of the largest years of growth in our church. I agree with this. Then 2020 obviously hit, and people abandoned the church and, the, and, and everything. 2021 was a low point, okay, uh, because of the pandemic and everything. We, hit, we had a double whammy because we planted Elevate Christian Church in Lexington, and about 50 to 60 of our people went there. So not only did 2020 uh, uh, lose people, but with the double whammy of Elevate, um, which is a great thing. We love that. We love seeing our child in Lexington grow healthy and strong. They're doing great. We're proud of them. But look what has happened since 2021. Look what 2022 brought. And look who is the, is the largest growing generation in church right now. It's not the baby boomers. It's not Gen Xers. It's millennials. Look at that. The millennials now have the largest percentage of, of uh, the generation with the largest percent of a church attendance is now millennials. And that's something. Isn't that something? And probably the reason why that is is they have the, the generation with the most children. And our children are under assault, I guess, uh, like never before. 
Uh, it's, it's, it's scary out there for our children right now. And so they're coming back and, trying to, and, and hoping to establish their children's identity in Christ. But what an amazing opportunity for one of the smallest representations in, in, in church, which was, the, which was the millennials. Now they're the largest. What an amazing opportunity to reach people. All right? So just remember, that's who's coming back to church, right? That's who's coming, in church, coming to church right now. And there's a huge momentum swell in the church. 2022 was a huge time of growth for the church in America. Don't believe, the, uh, uh, don't believe the, what, what you see out there that, you know, that, that, that churches are declining. No, they're not. Look around you, people. Look around you. We went through 2020, and we planted a church, and we have no room in here. Look how faithful God was in 2022. Look at that, okay? So, uh, but we have to re-engage in winning the lost. Now, there are a lot of things that are said about Jesus, and, 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 there, and some are good, some are bad, some are dangerous. But probably the thing that bothers me the most that's said about Jesus is this statement. Jesus hung out with sinners. The reason I hate that statement is because it's a half-truth. Technically, yes, he did. He was around people that, that, that were lost, yes. But Jesus hung out with sinners the same way that an EMT hangs out with a heart attack victim. He didn't sit there and cheer them on. He didn't encourage them. He didn't, as the person was having a heart attack, the EMT was going, oh, man, no judgment on you, man. You're, you're awesome. No, Jesus was there to save them. Jesus, where, whenever Jesus hung out with sinners, people were changed. People were healed. People were saved. And the current thing of Jesus hung out with sinners is very, very popular these days. But there are many Christians who loudly proclaim Jesus hung out with sinners. And, and they go to they go to pride rallies and, and, and drag shows and, and all types of, of bars and everything. And I guess to show that they're not judgmental at all. But that's not what Jesus did. Whenever Jesus hung out with sinners, like I said, people were saved. They were changed. A Christian going to those places to, to cheer them on would be like a lifeguard jumping into the water and cheering on a drowning victim. Jesus wasn't here to hang out with sinners. He was here to seek and save the lost. And if we are to be his church, we are to be his hands and feet, we must seek and save the lost. We must do more than hang out. We must hang out with the lost the way that an EMT hangs out with heart attack victims. Now, this is how we'll know that we're seeking and saving the lost. That thing will be very busy. We will be baptizing people regularly. That is how we know we're seeking and saving the lost. Whenever, wherever Jesus went, people came to Christ. People repented. People changed. And if, if they're not doing that because of us, we are not seeking and saving the lost. Okay? Plain and simple. Um, you don't think that there are lost people in our community right now that need Jesus so badly. You have... You, uh, you, you simply don't know this world very well. Uh, every Monday, I go teach at Revive Lifehouse, guys that have destroyed their lives in addiction, and they're 
They're coming back. And my goodness, you guys, all it need, all you need, all it needs an hour of your time. One hour a week. And it is just unreal the ministry that's going on there. There are all types of people that need you, that need you to uh, to to, uh, uh, to to seek and save the lost. So those are the four things that we're going to be emphasizing. We're emphasizing engaging everyone in our time two time slots to solidify. We're going to engage uh, making catalyst sticky, invest in the community, making sure that that we love each other and we're the type of community that people want to be in. Uh, the third thing we're going to take our marriage ministry to the next level, and that's that's dating, engagement, marriage, and after marriage. Okay. And, and the fourth is we're going to be, get serious about winning the lost. Plain and simple, whatever that looks like. All right? So, um, you guys, that is what you can expect the focus to be on in 2023. We have two brand new ministries that are kicking off. One is called Be the Village, which is a foster care and adoption support uh, thing. You talk about the lost and the opportunity for seeking and saving the lost. How about foster and adoptive children that are being brought into Christian homes? And we support those Christian homes and allow them to do, uh, to do the work of the kingdom in their homes. The second one is fathers in the field. Uh, fatherless boys between 7 and 17 being paired up with a mentor to get them outside, teach them hunt, fish, teaching them how to fix cars, how to do guy stuff, and in the same way, bringing the light of Jesus Christ to them. Two, two big ministries like that are happening this year under the, the thing of seeking and saving the lost. And uh, next, next Sunday, the 8th, we are having a commissioning ceremony to our fathers in the field, to our mentor fathers. Uh, and so make sure that you're here to support that. That's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. I'm very excited about it. Well, guys, thank you all so much for being here. Um, oh, oh I, one, one last thing. If you were not here last week, talking about ministry, last week, what Donovan was referring to, the offering last week, we, you all have been so generous all year long that we did not need last week's offering to, to make budget and everything like that. And so we decided to send it over to India uh, to, uh, to build wells for people that don't have There are 157 tribal groups within 200 kilometers of our orphanage that do not know Jesus Christ. They're worshiping rocks, trees, everything like this. They don't have water. And $1,200 to $1,500 will build a well, and then we'll plant a church there and give these people not only water but the living water. Okay? I expected, when we made that announcement, I expected there to be about uh, $4,000 raised. I figured we'd be able to do two wells. That was my goal. Well, you guys gave last Sunday $7,286. And since that, 1,500 more has come in. So close to $9,000 has been raised for wells. It, guys, this isn't like an air conditioner or a car. This is water these people don't have. And so building wells in these places will be the biggest active ministry we can do, and then planting a church there and giving these people the, the gospel um, is amazing. But that is what you all did. That is how you all finished out 2022. Not, not focusing here, not fo but focusing on people that need Jesus Christ in a far corner of the world. And to say that that blesses me as a pastor, to pastor a group of people that would do that and are so generous, this little nothing church in the middle of nothing Kentucky being such a huge impact everywhere in the world is incredible. And you all are just amazing, and I love you, and I can't wait to see what 2023 will bring. That's how we ended 2022. This is how we're kicking off 2023. Buckle down, y'all.
because it's going to be awesome. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Adios. Bye.